0: Amen. That was good. Ah. Well, I am excited uh, to be here with you guys. Um, like Betsy likes to say, it, she's coming home. So uh, we are excited to be uh, with you, excited to be working alongside of you, um, and glad that we can be unified in the cause for Christ. Amen. If you would, turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. I spoke to Pastor this morning from text, and he just wanted to make sure you guys were aware that he is asking for lots of prayers and chicken and dumplings. So if anybody has those, uh, be sure to send them his way. He does like chicken and dumplings from Cracker Barrel. That's a good man right there. Um, So, you know, gift cards, cash, whatever you got to do. John chapter 11. You know, we can become anxious sometimes when we realize that things aren't in our control. And you know, there are situations that arise in our lives where we just stand paralyzed in our power, whether that's with a job, um, the country's condition, sickness, and honestly death. You know it, Think about our country's condition right now. Who would have thought we would be in a pandemic, or in all these crazy roles and all these uh, things coming up? But we now more than ever realize things are not in our control. And I believe that worries us because we as humans, we as man, like to have control, right? We like to be able to feel like we have a hand in things, and we can orchestrate things, and we have that sense of power. But ultimately, we are not in control. The Bible says, man is but dust. The psalmist says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Everything that we have, whether that is the value, our power... Control, that is given to us by the one who is in control. And that's by Jesus Christ. All of the things that we have is from him. And so I think that's honestly why we are so fearful of death. I think it's so nerve-wracking for us because we were not designed for death. But it comes to us as a consequence of our sin You know, God loved us enough to not allow us to have an eternal life full of sin and shame. And so what did he do for us? He instituted a way of escape, and that is death. So let me ask you this question. Do you believe that in the circumstances of life, whether that's the job or family, the country, or even death, that we can give glory to God? See, I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know about the family decisions. I don't know about the sickness. I don't know about what you are going through. But I know that when everything else seems to be hopeless, when everything seems to be falling apart around us, our God is still sovereign. He's still in control. And He's there to comfort you. So in this passage, we are going to see today that even when everything seems to be going wrong, God is still in control. And we're going to look at four truths from today's passage. So if you're taking notes... Let's write this down. If we believe God is in control, we will, number one, turn to the Savior. Turn to the Savior. John chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent him, saying, Lord, behold, him who thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, "This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of man, or son of God, might be glorified thereby." Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we still have the opportunity to come to your house and learn from your word. And Lord, uh, let us be reminded that we are your children. And Lord, that you are in control and no matter what might be going on, on around us, Lord, we can turn to you as our comfort. And I pray that this will be encouragement to your people today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. This passage begins by acknowledging that there's a problem. A certain man was sick, and that was Lazarus. And we know Lazarus from this passage is Mary and Martha's brother. And if we had any question about that, it defines who Mary is. And that's the same one that anointed Jesus' feet with oil. And what is going on here is explaining that these people... This family loved the Lord and were fully persuaded that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah. This fact is evident in what they do next. The sisters, as soon as they hear that, that Lazarus is sick, they send for Jesus. They knew who to turn to. They knew that he was almighty. They knew that he was powerful. They have seen what he has done, and they knew that he loved Lazarus. And so what do they do? When things are going wrong, when their brother is sick, they turn to the Savior. Do we have that kind of faith? Do you, I have that kind of faith? See, we, we like to think we're in control. And sure, we hear that church, uh, all the messages from church, we hear about his miracles, we hear about how Jesus did this, and we hear about how Jesus loves us. But do we personalize it? See, ladies and gentlemen, it is, it is really hard to believe about what's going on when there's circumstances going on in life. It's hard for us. To always just have that faith and turn to God. But God says, listen, I'm here. Turn to me. Trust me. I'm here for you. When those closest to us are fading away, we need to turn to Jesus. And when everything is crashing around us, we need to find our comfort in him. And that's exactly what they do. As soon as they hear that that Lazarus is sick, they turn to Jesus. And when Jesus hears uh, that Lazarus is sick, he explained to them, this sickness is not unto death but for God's glory. So Jesus comforted them. And that is where they found that rest. They trusted Jesus. They knew his power. And when they received word back from Jesus, I'm sure it had a sense of peace. They knew he was in control. They rested. They didn't worry about it. They trusted his promises. And we can do that too. Whenever anything's going on, when we are hurt, when we are being tested, when everything's falling apart, we can turn to our Savior. But not only that, number two, we can trust his plan. Write that down with me. Trust his plan. Look with me now in verse, verse 5. The Bible says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and, her sister, and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. And then after that he saith to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, And goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If a man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of of this world. But if a man walketh in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. The Bible continues and tells us in verse 5 that Jesus loved his family. Right? He loved them. He spent time with them. They saw his preaching. They saw his teaching. And this was already stated, but... When we, what we see that Jesus does next, it might cause us to question that. Well, if, if Jesus truly loved them, why did he still abode two days in Judea? Why didn't he just drop everything? Why didn't he stop the ministry and just run over to Lazarus and help them? Because he can love them. Because Jesus' love for that family cannot be measured by his acts, but by who he is. Jesus is love. He's always going to do right by his people. He's always going to be there and he's always going to give the truth and he's always going to be caring. And so they trusted that. And after those two days, Jesus then instructed his disciples, he said, prepare to go to Judea. But his disciples uh, knew the desires of the Jewish leaders at this time and he, they're like, sir, are you, you sure about this? Uh, last time we were in there, they tried to stone you. Are you sure you want to go back in there? And they just didn't understand. They didn't, they didn't know what his purposes were. So Jesus tries to explain to him a crucial lesson. Verse 9, he says, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If a man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. He said, You, disciples, are the children of light, because you have me. I am the light. I am that lantern set before you. I am everything that you need. And if you have me, you're not going to be stumbling through the night. You're not going to fall. You're not going to have to worry. So trust me. Trust my plans. He says, I know you're scared. I know you're worried about the stoning. But listen, I know what's going on and I know what we need to do. I need you to trust me. And then after he gives them a few minutes to digest this, he tells them in verse 11, he says, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I might go awake him out of sleep. And the disciples were confused. So we're going to leave here, Judea. We're going to go to Bethany where they're trying to stone us to wake somebody up from a nap. Isn't he doing okay? Actually, they say that in verse 12. The disciples said, Lord, if he sleepeth, he shall do well. But howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of a thing resting and sleep. See, what he's saying here is they did not know God's plan. They did not know exactly what God had down the road, but what they needed to do is trust his plan. And what did the disciples do? They trusted what he had to do. See, Jesus said, I'm glad for your sakes that Lazarus is dead, but that by this ye may believe. You see, Jesus already knew what was going on here. He knew about people trying to stone him. He knew about Lazarus' death way before Lazarus was even sick because Jesus is omniscient. Jesus is all power. He's full. He's all knowing. And before the even grieving process had begun, Jesus was already there and he had a plan. And that plan was to glorify his name and that his glory may be shown. So, how is it easy for us in the middle of life circumstances to be lost, be confused? Jesus tells us what he wants us to do. He said, Put all your care upon me, for I care for you. He says that. But when we're in the middle of life circumstances, it can be hard to do. See, it's hard in those dark times. But let me encourage you with this. Jesus knew the situation Lazarus was going through every step of the way, and he had a plan for it. And he has a plan for you. Whatever job situation is going through, whatever sickness is going through, God has a plan. And so we must trust that plan. So even when there's no hope, What do we need to do? We need to turn to the Savior. We need to trust His plan. But thirdly, we need to remember His promises. Remember His promises. Look with me in John chapter 11, verse 18. The Bible continues and says, Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs, and this is about two miles away. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming... Went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, thou hast been here; my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask God, God, give it thee. As Jesus is journeying to Bethany, word comes to him that Lazarus has now been dead for four days. Now again, Jesus is not surprised by this; he's not taken off guard. He knows exactly what's going on. But what is fascinating here is that the Bible tells us that it's four days. Now, if you think about in previous parts of Scripture, when somebody is raised from the dead, it's done within a few hours, maybe a day. So the Jews know that. This has now been four days. Nowhere else in Scripture is there recorded another time, besides Jesus' resurrection, where somebody came back back from the dead after a couple of days. So really, this is a sense to the Jews as finality. This, there is no change here. And so they're concerned about this. And now as Jesus is no more than two miles away from Bethany, the narrative switched back to the sisters. The grieving process has begun. And certainly, uh, those who care about the sisters have come in. Think back with me about when you've lost a loved one. How much pain that is. And how, how much hurt there was. And it's when other people come alongside and pray with you and they're with you that you really have that sense of comfort and also that sense of comfort from the Lord. But yet Jesus is coming. And now um, as these people are surrounding Martha, she hears that Jesus is on his way. And now that he's just earshot away, she cries out to the Lord and she says, Lord, if thou hast been there, my brother had not died. See, if we would pause right there and not read on in scripture, we might think that Martha's being a little judgy. We might think that she's just jumping down Jesus. But that's not what she says. She continues and says, But I know, even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the strongest recordings of faith that can be found in Scripture. In essence, Martha's saying, Lord, I know if you were here, you would have saved Lazarus. But even now, you have the ability by God to ask anything that you want and it would be done. And Jesus knew this. He understood that though her brother had just been found laying in a tomb, been dead for four days, her faith is still resting in Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus responds to her in a gentle and comforting voice. He says, thy brother shall rise again. Now, remember, Martha, Mary, Lazarus followed Jesus. They knew his teachings. And I'm sure she heard about uh, God's resurrection of the saints. But she's confused. She's not sure what Jesus is really talking about here. So she asks for clarification. Verse 24 says, Martha saith unto him, I know that, thou, that he shall rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She says, I believe you, Jesus. I, I'm looking forward to that resurrection that's been promised for all believers. But then Jesus, with compassion in his eyes, he turns to her and he said, I, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? He said, Martha, I'm the embodiment of the resurrection. And I have made possible for man to have life. That whosoever believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he will live and he will live forever. Do you believe this? Obviously, Martha did. Jesus knew that but yet it's in those times, right, when everything's going wrong, that we need to vocalize our faith in Jesus Christ and say, God, I know you're in control. That though my brother might be lying in a tomb just a few yards away, I still have faith that you are omniscient and all-powerful and you have this. And then Martha gives a beautiful confession. She says, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ the Son of God, which shall come into the world. Why can Martha say this? Why could she look at Jesus and know that he could do whatever he willed? It's because Martha was trusting in his promises. Think back with me now. Just a few passages before, what did Jesus say to the sisters? He said, this sickness is not unto death. So, if Lazarus is now dead, he's been dead for four days, how can this sickness not be unto death. Well, is he giving them false hope? Did he lie to them? Obviously not. And so Martha is trusting, even though it seems impossible. Even though everything points to say no, that it's been four days. is trusting his promises. So where are you, Christian? When life begins to turn upside down and everything is falling apart, are you trusting and the promises that he has given to you. He said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I am there for you. And you just turn to me and I will be that comfort. Good. I will be that refuge. And I will never leave you alone. Amen. Do you believe that? I hope you do. See, Martha runs to Jesus. She begins to tell him her confession of faith. But honestly, people th- handle things different ways. Right? Martha is weeping, talking to Jesus, confessing her faith, and then we see Mary. After uh, Mary left Jesus, she runs and tells um, Mary that Jesus wants to see her. So, so as she got there, she runs to Jesus, and she begins to fall on her face, and she's crying. and She said, "'Lord,' the exact same thing Martha said, "'Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would still be alive.'" And she says this, and she just begins to weep and weep, and she can't talk, and she doesn't want to think, and she just wants to be close to her comfort. She falls down on his feet, and she just begins to cry. See, if we believe that God is in control, we're going to turn to the Savior. We're going to trust his plan. We're going to remember his promises. Also, lastly, we're going to praise his name. We're going to praise his name. Verse 33 says, And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? Then said unto him, Lord, come and see. And verse 35, Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should have not died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone laid upon it. And Jesus said, Take away away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And verse 40, Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Jesus saw the pain saw the hurt that death hath brought his people. He immediately calls for action. He said, enough's enough. Okay, we're we're done. Where is he? And Jesus walks to the place where Lazarus has been laying for four days. And what does he do as he gets there? He begins to weep. He begins to cry. He begins to groan. Now, why did he cry? Is it because he didn't know what he was going to do just here in a few moments? Was he crying because he was taking Lazarus from heaven and bringing him back down to earth? I don't think so. I think it's the reality of death and sin and the consequences and what that really means. When he looked at his people, when he saw his sheep weeping and groaning, Jesus was moved because he has compassion for us. And he caused him then not just stand there. It caused him to move to action. And so he runs over and he begins to say, move the stone away. And Martha speaks up and she says, Jesus, he's, he's been dead for four days. He's going to stink. And Jesus responds to her in compassion and said, Verse 40 Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, that thou shouldest see the glory of God? And he begins to pray. He turns up to heaven and he says, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always, but because the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus is thanking God for hearing and knowing his desires. But again, the reason he's praying is not so that he can thank God on his own behalf, but so those around him can see that this act of a miracle was done by God. Every good thing in our life is from God. The good memories that you have with your family. The job that you have. The church that we have here together. Salvation is of the Lord. And after Jesus prays, he cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that he that was dead came forth still bound. Verse 44 says, And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus say unto them, Loose him and let him go. He came forth, and I, be honest with you, if they, I saw this right before me, I, I wouldn't believe it myself. It, it, a guy who's been dead for four days standing before you, walking out all bandaged up, I'd be standing there too. Maybe with my mouth open. I don't know. But these people were paralyzed in the awe of the Almighty and his acts of resurrection. And so Jesus has to say, don't just leave him there. Just don't let him stand there. Go unbind him. And these people saw the mighty power of God and what He has done for them. That this man who was dead now for four days is standing before them and talking with them. See, do you see His power? He did exactly what He said He would do. He said He would glorify God and He did just that. Our God, He's the creator, He's the sustainer. And He's there and He's willing to do the impossible for us. When others say... Hey, it's been four days. Jesus says, that's not important. I'm important. And I will do my will for the glory of God. Can you imagine, though, with me, the overwhelming um, feeling that Mary and Martha would have felt with this? They were crying. They lost their brother. And then in seconds, by the word of God, their brother's now standing before them. I don't think they just walked up to Jesus and said, thank you. I believe they came and they were crying and they were weeping and they were jumping and they were singing and praising His name because when you see God work, you can't just stand there. When you see God move, it's not enough just to say, thanks. And so let me ask you, when all hope is gone, when you see God work and you are resting in His promises and you're turning to Him and you're trusting Him, are you just standing there or are you praising His name? Christian, I don't know where you are today. I I don't know what you're going through. Every single person in here has their own circumstances. But can I tell you that? God knows your circumstances. He knows what you're touched with. And he has compassion on you. And if you but turn to him and trust him and realize that he's in control, we will get through this. America will get through this. And you will get through this. For the unsaved today, oh, oh, the, the, the feelings, the hurt to know that you don't have somebody to turn to. If you're unsaved, you don't have that comfort to turn to God, to come to someone who, who cares about you. So let me ask you today, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He said, I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Whosoever will, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you done that? Have you turned to the one who can get you through these situations? The one who has given you life just like he gave Lazarus life. Have you done that today? Have you answered that question that Martha answered? Believest thou this? Do you believe that? I hope you do. And I hope that if you haven't, that you will get that nailed down this morning. For the Christian, again, I don't know what's going on in your life. And I don't need to know. But what I'm here to encourage you with is this. God knows and God cares. And if you let him, he will change your life. Because he is in control. Every head bowed and every eye closed.